Okay, I want to read a passage of scripture. Um, how many of you like to complain? Okay, we'll do repentance here in a second. Confession. <laughs> how, many, how many of you like to complain? Um, you know, there's actually a, a, a biblical precedent for complaining. Uh, the scripture, actually, if, if you're a complainer, um, you identify with much of the Psalms. Um, a good chunk of the Psalms are actually called lament, um, which is complaint that finds its trust in God. Um, and so I want to read a passage. So my guys are going to join me today. Um, I want to read a passage um, on the screen. Uh, and then the underlined section, we'll, uh, we'll read together. I'm going to step over here. Um, the underlined section, we'll read together. Um, check this out. Listen, listen to the lament, like this complaint. It's like something isn't right. Um, but yet notice... Uh, the writer here finds ultimately his trust where he's taking his complaint to the Lord and, and resting in the Lord. Okay? Um, can you go sit down? Go sit down, please. Go sit down. Okay, here we go. He has filled me with bitterness. He has sated me with wormwood. He has made my teeth grind on gravel and made me cower in ashes. My soul is bereft of peace. I've forgotten what happiness is. So I say, my endurance has perished, so has my hope from the Lord. Remember my affliction and my wanderings, the wormwood and the gall. My soul continually remembers it and is bowed down within me. Okay, so, the, so this is all complaint, this is all lament, this is all struggle. Um, what, like, God, what are you doing? But yet notice here, we're going to transition to, yet I find my hope in God. Yet I give this to the Lord, but this I call to mind and therefore I have hope. Let's um, proclaim this together. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will hope in him. That's what we want to do this morning. Is um, what, we're gonna, what Rick's going to be teaching on is this aspect of lament as we wrap up our Life in Chaos series. How do we handle chaos and what do we do with it in light of um, the story of God, in light of our lives, and then transitioning into, okay, how do we actually trust God? So let me pray and then we'll um, continue. God, thank you for your grace and your love. God, I pray that you would show us this morning that you're a God that bears uh, the worries and the, the struggle and the complaints that we have, that we can go to you um, and actually call to mind that you're a God of hope and you're a God who welcomes heavy hearts, who welcomes lament, and that lament is actually a form of worship. So would you teach us that this morning as we proclaim your goodness and we proclaim your grace? Would you stir our hearts and lead us this morning in Jesus' name, amen.
God, thanks for uh, this morning. Thanks for this opportunity for us to gather and worship your name, Father. I pray that you would um, guide us now as we study your words, study your scripture, and uh, connect our hearts to your truth that you're trying to speak to us this morning. In Christ's name, amen. Kids, you can be dismissed to class. So it's a beautiful day, right? And nobody's got to go to work tomorrow and it's sunny, right? Summer is budding. Let's talk about being sad. It's the sermon this morning. Sounds fun, right? Um, it does sound fun, but one, of the, one, one thing that I have uh, for you that, that might be a little bit of fun is... Um, so sad and being sad is something we typically kind of run from a little bit, but um, I think our art, uh, the art that comes out of uh, mankind, uh, engages with this idea of, of sad. And I want to show you something that kind of illustrates that, and I think there's something in here for everybody. Say something, 
the dramatic last chord there. All week, as I've been preparing to to show this to you guys, I've been thinking, I'm like excited about sitting right there and and listening to like some people singing. I caught some of you. Some of you were, uh, I think since you've been gone, somebody was singing. And I appreciate the the shout out to my fellow 80s guy over there, Al, with the Def Leppard song. Um, But the interesting part is those songs are written across every decade, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, today, and uh, and the idea is that, like, our connection with, with sad and hurt is, is real. And, it, like, art um, kind of flows out of life. And, and that's the kind of the, the thing that I wanted to, to underscore there. And it's also sad that Paul McCartney can't sing like he used to be able to sing, too, right? That's sad. Um, yesterday, it's kind of ironic. He's singing yesterday that way doesn't matter. Um, so um, I, w- I want to spend the, the first few minutes defining lament um, and defining biblical lament and look at a, a few quotes and then dive into to looking how, how David lamented in 2 Samuel 1 and then how Jesus lamented in the last few hours of his life. So two definitions of lament. First lament and then second biblical lament. First, lament is expressing deep hurt. And so we just, every one of those songs that we just heard, um, and, and so many more we could have put in there, um, are lament songs. They're expressing deep hurt. And so we all engage with hurt in us. And, and sometimes if, if you're a, an artistic person or a poetic person or a musical person, that hurt that you've engaged with flows out of you and and the music that we just heard. But a lament is really just expressing deep hurt. And you don't have to be an artist to express deep hurt, to lament. You can internalize that. But biblical lament is laying deep hurt at the feet of God and asking for help. Biblical lament is laying deep hurt at the feet of God and asking him for help. So I've come up with this. The purpose of lament is God. I want to, like, that's, I could, we could summarize this for the next few minutes that we'll be together this morning. We could summarize this here with this one simple statement. The purpose of lament is God. And so the purpose of sad is God. Um, further, it says this, the purpose of lament is not to get through pain, but it's to get God through pain. Um, John Piper wrote an entire book about this, this concept. Don't waste your cancer. He had cancer. He wrote a book called Don't Waste Your Cancer because God wants to speak to you through the difficulty and the sad that's in your life. Um, so lament is different from despair. And I, I want to say this too. There are 68 of the 150 psalms. There's 150 psalms in your Bible. 68 of them are lament psalms. That's, I didn't know that before today. That's fascinating. There's different categories of lament psalms, but 68 of the 150 psalms are lament psalms. So, like, I think our tendency is to, to run away from lamenting or, or run away from being sad. Or somehow we think that if we're sad about our circumstances, that makes us less faithful. Or that makes us angry at God. Or that makes some, like, we're doing something wrong if we're sad in our circumstances. And that's just not true. David was sad a lot. 68 of his 150 psalms are lament psalms. 
There's an entire book of the Bible that Dave read from during call to worship this morning uh, called Lamentations. Uh, And laments are found in other books of the Bible. Solomon, David, Moses, Job, the prophets, they all lament. Every single one of them laments. Um, So don't be afraid of lament. I want to ask this question. Let's have a little give and take. Why don't we lament? Not rhetorical. Why, why do we, why do you, why do we, why does, why do we as a general population not lament? What's that? Tough guy image. Tough guy image. That's exactly, yeah, big time. Especially you, big bow chest John. Absolutely. I would, even if you lament, I'm still going to think you're tough. Yeah. Yeah, right. Life is, yeah, that's a very North American Western thing. Let's, let's, life is about being happy, not being sad. So let's not spend time engaging our sad. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, yeah, we don't want to burden others. Yep. Man, that's, uh, avoid pain and hurt at all costs. Those are like both of what you guys said are, are very like, Western 20th century sort of ideas, like we're going to avoid pain and we're going we're gonna to chase after happiness at all times. Remember what we talked about, like the definition, it's lamenting is not about being sad. It's not about getting through the pain. It's about getting God through the pain. Anything, any other ideas that pop into your minds about why we don't lament? We've been taught not to whine. Oh, man. I've, I've yelled at every one of my children for whining. Yeah, see it as weakness. That's the first one on my list here. We, if, if we're sad, then we're weak. I got news for you. You're weak. Yes. Yeah, yeah, it freaks people out. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I'm going to read three quotes. Just, we're not going to talk very much about them. I don't want to read three quotes so on the screen too. We tend to think of the laments primarily in relation to the Psalms, Job, and Lamentations. That is where they are especially lodged. But, the theological, but theologically, the cry to God and the response of God are a fundamental theme of the whole of Scripture. The human cry for help is not one element of the biblical story. It is one of its foundational stones, foundational for both our anthropology and our theology. And like, I hope the point that we walk out of here today is that we would all engage our sad because God wants to, God wants to show up in the middle of it. Uh, Kathleen O'Connor, an author, writes this, although laments appear disruptive of God's world, they are acts of fidelity. In vulnerability and honesty, they cling obstinately to God and demand for God to see, hear, and act. I want to read that sentence again. That's beautiful. In vulnerability and honesty, they cling obstinately to God and demand for God to see, hear, and act. Your laments, when you lament, you're clinging obstinately to God. God, show me yourself. Why is this happening? Show me yourself in the middle of it. Uh, Scott Ellington says this, a relationship of trust, intimacy, and love is a necessary precondition 
for genuine lament. Um, so let's, uh, I, I want to highlight three things about what lamenting looks like and look at two different stories uh, in the middle of it. The first one is David lamenting in Second Samuel 1. He's lamenting the fact that his friend Jonathan and Saul have just been killed on the battlefield, and so he laments here. And then we'll look also at the last few hours of Jesus' life. But the first thing that I see in the middle of these two situations of lament are that, uh, that we are to lament together. Um, Matthew chapter 26. Cooper, fire that, uh, that slide up there with, with that verse on it. Uh, Matthew 26, 36 through 38. Watch this. Again, we're, we're going to, this is the last few hours of Christ's life, and we're going to watch him lament. But a, a, he's going to show his, his flesh, like his human nature here, by lamenting. But I don't want us to forget the fact that this is Christ, the Christ, the Messiah, the chosen one, God in the flesh, who is doing this. And if that's not permission to lament, to, to be mad at God, to question God, to wonder, if we don't see that in Christ, we don't see the, the fullness of who he is. Um, so Jesus knows where he's headed. The night He's about to be arrested here when this happens. Then Jesus went with them. So he brings his guys with him to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to his disciples, sit here while I go over there and pray. So he brings all 12 of them and brings them all and says, I want you guys to pray here. And I'm going to go over here with these other guys. And taking Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, that's James and John, he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Um, the Greek word there that's translated as troubled is probably better said as overwhelmed, overwhelmed with grief. This is Jesus overwhelmed with grief. So this is, in, in my head, there's a lot of things that are happening here, but, but the, the key thing here in this word is you have permission to be really, really sad. And when you are really, really sad, understand that Christ was there. So the, the humanity of Jesus like jumps off the page at me here. He's overwhelmed with grief. And what is he doing when he's overwhelmed with grief? Two things that he's actively doing here. He's doing it with people and he's, he's trying to commune with God. He's trying to understand what God has for him in the middle of this. Then he said to them, my soul is very sorrowful even to death. Remain here and watch with me. So Jesus is seeking to understand God and he's doing it with people. Lament with people and pursue God in the middle of your lament. Um, now, go, go to the next one. This is uh, David um, after Saul has been killed and Jonathan has been killed. David's response is uh, found in 2 Samuel 1, 18. And following, 19 and, and following, is the actual lament, the actual song that David writes. And we'll talk about some of those verses here in a minute. But David says, as he is... He's written this lament, and now he's presenting it to people. He says, and it should be said, and, and it should be, and he said, it should be taught to the people of Judah, behold, it is written in the book of Jeshar. So in other words, I've written this lament, and I want 
the corporate body, the corporate group of followers of, of God, I want you to all gather and I want you to all read this and I want you to read it consistently and I want it to be spoken and sung and read and connected with in the church. The call of us to lament is a call to lament together. Um, secondly, lamenting honestly. Actually, I want to go back and, and tell a story of um, as I was writing and, and thinking through the sermon this week, I, w- I was trying to, to process a time when lamenting deeply happened for me. And uh, the, the, mo- the most profound thing I can remember was, uh, some of you guys know this, uh, when I was in, in youth ministry, uh, I got a call about three in the morning, one morning, and when you, when you work with students, you get a call at three in the morning, it's always bad. Um, it was from a friend of mine, Denny, and Denny called and said, John has been killed. And John was a kid who was, um, he just finished his junior year of high school and he died in a car accident where he was with a bunch of his junior class and he uh, died in a car accident that night. And so I have put some clothes on and, and, and went to Denny and we, we were together for a while and, and prayed for a while. And then about... I, I made a couple of phone calls, and so maybe a, a few hours later, maybe seven or eight o'clock the next that later that morning, we gathered together in, in our youth room, and I'll never ever forget this picture. This has been, gosh, what has it been? Help me, guys who were around. Maybe, yeah, two thousand. Yeah, that sounds about right. I was thinking like fifteen, sixteen years ago, something like that. Two thousand three. Okay. Um, so I'll, I'll never forget this. We, we gathered around, and this was the picture. Um, when, when I got there with Denny to the youth room, every, there was a, a huge crowd of people. Some of you were in the room at that, in that moment. And, so, and, and it just happened. I, I went to that class of our, of our church, and, and we gathered in the, in the center of the youth room and began to pray. And then our youth group gathered around the outside of them, and then some, like, students that John went to school with and, and their parents and the parents of our, of our kids were all gathered around. So it was these, these little circles of, of like a group of six or seven people and then a group of 40 or 50 people and then another group of, of 70 or so around them. And the picture of, of that, of people lamenting together. And, and I didn't, like, I was, I was young and, and I didn't really understand lament at that point. I don't, all I knew was that, that John was, was gone, and it hurt. And, and the response was for people to come together. And, and I've had, so there were people around the outer ring of that that I've never met and, and never seen again. But a couple of days later at John's funeral, a couple of those people, his classmates, came up to me and said, I was there in the room that morning, and it was incredible to watch the power of God come through in the middle of, of hurt. And it, it lifted a little bit of that hurt for me. It, two or three people that I never met said that to me at the funeral. And, and I say that because, like, we talk a lot about community here, but it's, it's, a, it's a weapon in the hands of God to teach you truth about who he is and then to defeat the lies of the enemy. Um, lament together. But secondly, lament honestly um, I want to say this. This is 
when, when I was putting these points together, lament honestly, I thought to myself, how, how, how dumb are we when we're in the middle of, of just this overwhelming sense of sadness, a, a really difficult time, how it just doesn't make any sense to me that we would, in our prayers, hide our anger or our fear or our sad from God. He's God. Who do you think you're hiding from? Right? But in the, in the middle of that, okay, here, here's me trying to, like, another example for me that I've talked about are, are, are Jen and I, Jen miscarried twice uh, on either side of Hannah Grace. And, and that was a deeply painful time, especially the second one. And I can remember this idea. I don't want to pray. I don't want to tell God that I'm sad because that might make me more sad. And Jen might pick up on that, that I'm really sad. And that's going to make her more sad. I, pro- that, that, I remember that distinctly. It was the process for me. But how? So I don't want to tell God that I'm sad. He's God, he, he knows. And, and I think we, we were there a lot, right? Are, are you with me there? That like somehow in your prayers in the middle of sad, you're, you try and be less sad so that you can put on some sort of, like it's like putting on nice clothes to come to church. I need to impress God or, or, or God's going to be disappointed with me if I'm sad because that means I'm, I'm not okay with my circumstances and there's somehow some sort of trust issue with God. No, it's not the case. Laments are all over Scripture. I don't, wish I could count the times. I probably can. Maybe I will this week. How many times David writes in the Psalms or in other places, Where are you, God? Like, be honest with yourself and with God because he understands and knows anyway. So let's look at, it, at our, our two stories. First, uh, in 2 Samuel 1, 19, look, look at what David says. This is the first words. These are the first words of his lament, his song. Your glory, O Israel, has been slain in the high places. How the mighty have fallen. He uses that phrase, Several times, how the mighty have fallen. Your glory, O Israel, has been slain in the high places. And so he begins this lament by saying, your glory in the point of, of the existence of God and our engagement with him is to behold his glory. Let me say that again. The point of your engagement with God and your existence is to behold his glory. There's never, ever going to be a time when you are more satisfied in, for all eternity than when you behold the glory of God. Can I say that a third time so that we fully understand it? There will never be a time where you are more satisfied in all the longings that you have in your heart. There's never going to be a time when you're more satisfied when you behold the glory of God. And David's first statement in this lament is, your glory has been slain. That's a a really, really big attack on God. But it's David being honest. And again, we're not trying to get through the pain when we lament. We're trying to get God in the middle of our pain. God is supposed to protect and provide for his people. And here they are, dead on the battlefield. And the enemy appears to be winning. Uh, 
Go to Matthew 26, to Jesus in the garden about ready to die. 26.39 says, And going a little further, this is just after he had brought his guys together and prayed, and Jesus went a little bit further into the garden, and he fell on his face. Like, don't, don't be... Let familiar passages or, or what's about to come, you know what's about to come, miss Jesus fell on his face. This is sad. Have you guys ever prayed on your face? Literally on your face, face down. For those of you who have, it's probably when there was something really, 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 really bad happening. Or there's a lot of angst in you. You don't pray on, you don't fall onto your face when you're praying over dinner. You fall on your face when you're praying over your best friend with cancer or your friend who just died or, or your, your youth group falling apart because someone has passed away or you, you, you fall on your face when you're about to be sent to the cross. Jesus falls on his face and prays, saying, My Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Like, I, this... One of the side effects of, of studying this scripture and this week is to see the humanity of Jesus. Jesus is not only God who is far off and above everything. Jesus is also fully human, engaging with the pain and hurt and difficulty and hardship of this world. Isn't that encouraging? When, when you face a really difficult season, understand there was a time and a place when a physical body named Jesus Christ of Nazareth literally fell on his physical face on the physical ground and said, God, don't make me do this. That's, that ought to be encouraging for us. But what's even more encouraging, what's, what's the perfect example is what Christ says after that. I don't want to do this, God. And like in my mind, if if I were to if I were not a Christian and, and I were trying to create this artistically, Jesus would be whining here. I don't want to do this. In a second, but not what I will, but what you will. This is the, the definition of, of this is the the manifestation of our definition of lament. It's, it's not to get us through pain. It's to get God through pain. That's what Christ is saying here. I don't want to face this pain. Get me through it. But I'd rather have you. So if it's your will, let me do this. Lament together and lament honestly. The last thing, lament to see the gospel. And this one is like, this one's really pastoral, and I apologize for that. Lament to see the gospel. Like, someday something really tragic is going to happen to you, and I'm going to come over to your house, and I'm going to sit with you, and I'm going to want to say, let's, let's find the gospel here. And I'll probably say it just like that. But I won't. But we need to train ourselves before we get there to see it. Because 
engaging our hurt always brings us understanding of who God is. If we do it correctly, if we try to see it, but engage your pain and then in the middle of it, God's not going to waste it. He's going to show you himself. I want to see the, the last, these are literally the last words of Jesus on the cross. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? See the angst. This is, I've said this already three times, the humanity of Jesus and the permission of us in our humanity by seeing the example of Christ to say, God, I don't get you. Please don't do this to me. And have angst and passion and hurt and sadness and and pain in your voice and in your heart. It's okay. Jesus did it. And that, that's, a, that's a strong rebuke from the Christ against God. You have forsaken me. Why did you do that? I've had people ask me this question. Is it okay to be mad at God and ask him why? Look who just asked him Why? Permission to ask God, why are you doing this to me? Why is this so hard? God responds every time. Why is this so hard? Why do I have to do this? Why have you forsaken me, God? In his, Jesus' last words are these, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Do you see the, the beauty? Do you see the gospel there? You've forsaken me. You've forsaken me, and I'm angry. But into your hands I commit my spirit. I, I trust you completely, even in this awful, terrible, miserable, physical, emotional, and spiritual pain. I commit myself completely to you. And this is a I'm gonna, I, I've been in hospital rooms before where really bad things were happening, um, where uh, close relatives of close friends were dying. And it's hard to say anything in that setting. It's hard to, to preach in that setting. It's dumb to preach in that setting. But we've got to preach it to ourselves before we get there so that we sense and understand and we suck all of the life out of the lament. Because the gospel is there. Look at Christ. I want to close with this idea. Sad is a tool in the hands of God that will eventually lead to your realization that he is wonderful and he is better. Can I say that to you one more time? And think about the cross of Jesus Christ. Sad is a tool in the hands of God that will eventually lead to your realization that he is wonderful and he is better. The cross paints this picture. Do you see how the cross paints this picture? 
It's sad as a sad as a tool in the hands of God, designed and orchestrated to show you his glory. That's good news and hope to carry you through a season of lament. Let's pray and respond to our God. God, I thank you so much for how beautiful you are. I thank you for seasons of lament in my life and in my heart. And I thank you for how you've allowed me this week to reflect upon how you showed up in those times. God, I thank you for how you showed up in the death of John, the death of Steve, the death of Charlie, the pain that surrounds every one of those events, God. God, I thank you for showing up at the death of your son. Father, I pray that you would uh, teach us to not run from lament, God, but instead engage it. God, may we see opportunities to, to apprehend you and behold your glory. That's why we're here. God, and I pray for these people here, God, that as they lament or as they lament alongside a friend, that somehow you would orchestrate opportunities to point to your son, Jesus, and point to your glory. God, may we lament well and may we lament in community. May we lament honestly. May we see the gospel as we do. God, thank you that this world is dying and the eternity that you've created is perfect. We long and we hope for that. God, thank you for Jesus. It's in his perfect name that I pray. Amen.